Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. <laughs> when you always love that list, I just love the questions. I don't want right into that. that. There are some, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, what? I, that is Finnish Willem Dafoe. He, he looks, looks just like Willem Dafoe. He, I thought he looked very familiar. You're, don't throw out a fact. You are correct. You're brother, correct. you should do some facts sometimes. Do some facts sometimes, but I don't take my <laughs> I'm pretty confident your brother doesn't listen to the Forgotten Cinema podcast, but if he does, boo. Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie came out at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. What's up, Scoogeely? <laughs> Nothing, man. <laughs> All right. So we are, this is our season three finale of the Forgotten time, Cinema Podcast. Time flies so fast. Time does fly so fast. <laughs> uh, we are currently in the week before Christmas, but you are listening to this when? February? It's there. Yeah. This is like March? the end of January. Yeah. This is because we're almost about to do our couple of Valentine's Day This is Day February. Ones. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. So yeah. So you're in the winter somewhere. So it's probably cold. It's really cold right now. <laughs> but today we are doing, we are talking about the 1991. This is described as an action movie. And yeah, which I disagree with. Yes. Uh, we're talking about New Jack City. Uh, like I said, it came out on March 8th, 1991. <laughs> were you about to do a line from the movie? I was about to sing from the beginning. Go ahead. No, I'll, put, I'll, no, just, no, please. I'll just add no. it in. No. I don't know. I don't want to get your singing. I don't want to get that in the way of my <laughs> fact giving. Oh, please. you know, fact away. Fact away. <laughs> For the New Jack City. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo, this is Queen So New Jack City is 97 minutes long. It's rated R. It has a production budget of $8 million. It's opening weekend. It made $7 million. Domestic 47. It was not released internationally. So it's worldwide is also 47. Uh, it has the distinction of being the highest grossing indie feature of 1991, which uh, makes a lot of sense when your production budget was $8 million and you basically almost make it back opening weekend. Oh, yeah. Bravo. Uh, like I said, March 8th, 1991, that was a Friday. It opened the same day as The Hard Way, which is the Michael J. Fox, James Woods cop movie. Now, you're Go going ahead. to tell me it's terrible, I'm sure. But uh, I remember liking that when I watched it as a kid. I remember enjoying it. I also remember not remembering a lot of it, so I would have to watch it again. Uh, I can tell you what wasn't good, American Ninja 4, which came out that same <laughs> weekend as well. And then La Femme Nikita. Not, not, not the La Femme Nikita that Bridget Fonda's in, the actual movie that Bridget Fonda's movie is a remake of. So the French version, which is, uh, I don't know, I, I, I like the Bridget Fonda version, but I do like the French version better. I've only seen parts of the French version, Okay, but I do like the It's pretty Fonda. much the same. Uh, the week before, you had The Doors that opened up, which is probably not New Jack City's competition. And it's, it was the only big movie that weekend. I, there was a couple of smaller movies, but none of that was New Jack's competition. The week after New Jack City opened up, you had The Perfect Weapon. 
If Looks Could Kill, the Richard Grieco uh, <laughs> spy movie, Guilty by Suspicion, and Class Action, and also True Colors. So you had a you had a good like five movies that had star people in it. Class Action had Gene Hackman. Guilty by Suspicion had Robert De Niro. So you had some movies in there that had big name actors in there. So I, I, that could be, you know, New Jack's competition a little bit, but New Jack City still did well. Mm-hmm. Directed by Mario Van Peebles. Uh, he, this was actually his directorial debut. He also was a uh, director of Posse, Badass, and Armed. Armed is more recent. Mm-hmm. Written by Thomas Lee Wright and Barry Michael Cooper, but I believe Barry Michael, Michael Cooper was the main writer. Wright has written The Last of the Finest in the Long Ride Home. Barry Michael Cooper wrote Sugar Hill, Above the Rim. He also he started out as an investigative reporter for The Village Voice, which is kind of where this, the idea of New Jack City, not from, it came from somewhere else, but it, you know, being an investigative reporter, he probably was investigating a lot of people like uh, Cash Money Brothers. or what, what, <laughs> Helps what, him learn how, eggs, to, how the whole system kind of Absolutely. Uh, music by Vassal Burnford. I apologize if I screwed that up. Michel Colombier. I also apologize. Uh, Burnford did uh, the only thing I have down here that maybe people would know would be the Melrose Place show. Mm-hmm. Colombier, Man on Fire, The Golden Child, which I like. Hobo with a Shotgun, more recent. Cinematography by Francis Kenny uh, from Coneheads, Scary Movie, Wayne's World 2, for, and many, many others. Uh, producers George Jackson and Doug McHenry. George Jackson produced the House Party 2 and 3 sequels, Jason's Lyric, and The Walking Dead. And Doug McHenry also produced The Walking Dead. Now, The Walking Dead, do you know what that movie is? It's a Vietnam movie. No, I only know it as, I believe, know, obviously, The Walking I, Dead. I believe Lorenz Tate is in that. Walking Dead is the only movie that has a distinction for me where it's the only movie I ever walked out of. Really? Yeah. And it's not because whether The Walking Dead was bad or good. It was we got to the theater late. No, I take it back. We got to the theater on time. But the I'm going to just say it. This theater is the <laughs> showcase theater in Milford. Now, I worked at the one in the fourplex. This is the one that was down the street at Cherry Street. Okay. They always, they had a habit, and I'm pretty sure that we work with the gentlemen that do do this. They had a habit of starting their previews early so that they can get out early. So this was towards the end of the night. So when I walk in at 10 o'clock, the movie, the first trailer should be on screen. So we had made it. But when I walk in at 10, the movie's on. And I knew they started it ahead of time, and it ticks me off. And so I was already in a bad mood. And then at that point, I was just like, I was in no mood to watch the movie. I was like, let's just go. And so I left. So no, it was not Walking Dead's fault. It was more, I was just annoyed. A certain person's fault who we probably were. Yeah, which I just, uh, it, it's, it bothered me so much, so much that they started it early. But anyways, <laughs> this movie stars, if you didn't already know, Wesley Snipes as Nino Brown, Ice-T as Scotty Appleton, Alan Payne as G-Money, Chris Rock as Pookie, Mario Van Peebles is in, in this as well. He plays Stone. I think it's Michael Michelle or Michelle Michelle. I can't, I can't remember which way to pronounce it. Uh, she plays Selena. This is actually, I believe this is her first movie. She is from yeah. ER. Uh, mm-hmm. She was also in Ali. Bill Nunn has, I don't know why they, this is the name of his character, the da-da-duh man. He, he stutters in the movie, but apparently they didn't want to give him a name, so they called him <laughs> da-da-duh man. He is from Mo Better Blues, Do the Right Thing, regarding Henry. Russell Wong as Park. You may know him from Romeo Must Die or The Mummy, Tomb mm-hmm. of the Dragon Emperor. Mm-hmm. And Judd Nelson as Nick Preddy, you know, one of the Brat Pack St. Elmo's Fire, Breakfast Club. I assumed you knew the other people since they're more well-known, but Wesley Snipe was from Blade, White Man Can't Jump, Demolition Man. White Man Can't Jump is a movie that we'll be doing at some point, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ice-T from Law and Order SVU. I think he's been on there for 28 years. Uh, Alan <laughs> Payne is in Jason's Lyric, Vampire in Brooklyn, The Perfect Storm. Chris Rock, obviously you would know who Chris Rock is from his uh, comedy specials, but he also did Top 5, which I actually like Top 5 quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Grown Ups, and he's in the new season of Fargo. 
which I forgot. He's also producing and helped create the story for the new Jigsaw movie for Saw. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. But I really love the Fargo TV show, so I was kind of like really hyped about that. (laughs) (laughs) And then Marvel Van Peebles is from, he plays in Solo. He's also from Jaws the Revenge. I actually saw the print where he survives in Jaws the Revenge. Yes, exactly. There was a, when Jaws came out, uh, Marvel Van Peebles, his character gets, you think he gets eaten. At the end of the movie, he pops up. He's like, oh, and that's it. But like, I saw it. I know I saw it. But now they took it out because nobody believed it. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, I know I saw it. I know I saw he survived. But then I found out like they had, they had removed it. But you still can find it in like Japan or some other like someplace like where they have it. But yes, he did survive in the original. Uh, he was also in Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, he was in Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood was actually instrumental in Mario Van Peebles getting New Jack City because he was a first time director and he wanted to do it. And the studio was kind of like, oh, we don't know. And Eastwood went to bat for him and said, like, give the kid a shot, you know, and they're because they were friends. And yeah. So he helped people get this role, get this directorial job for New Jack City. So I don't know. I thought I threw that in there. But before we get into any other facts and before we start talking about our viewing notes, Mr. Butler is going to break down what New Jack City is all about. New Jack City is all about those cash money brothers. <laughs> CMB. That's right. So CMB is a gang led by Wesley Snipes, led by Nino Brown, and he's helped by his brother G-Money and the Da-Da-Da Man, <laughs> who I'm pretty sure had a name in the movie, but they just... That, listen, in IMDb, I, his I credit was yeah, da da I don't remember. Man. I didn't write it down because I figured, you know, he had a name, but... And Wesley Snipes is a was a cocaine dealer at the start of the movie, but kind of goes into the uh, heroin business because it's much more lucrative. He takes over in Harlem a... No, wait a minute. It's the crack business. Crack business. This, I'm is, sorry, about, yeah. this is about not, crack. Yeah, yeah. Not, not heroin. Come on, man. We'll do the I'm heroin sorry. business in the other movies. Whatever movie we're doing about heroin. I don't know. Heroin the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he's dealing cocaine. He moves into the crack business, takes over an apartment complex in the middle of Harlem, where he kind of locks the whole place down, kills anyone who disagrees with him, shoves at the landlord, makes this huge complicated system inside where he both Sells, produces, distributes the whole deal. You even get the smoke crack in the enterprise room. (laughs) (laughs) So he's kind of taken over Harlem and has it under his grips. Uh, And Mario Van Peebles' character, Detective Stone, creates this task force led by Ice-T, Scotty Appleton, and recruits Nick Peretti. So two detectives who are kind of on the edge detectives, the detectives no one wants to work with. New Jack cops. New Jack Jack cops. cops. New Jack gangsters. To take down... Nino's new drug empire. And along the way in the film, you see Nino fight with the Italian mafia as he kind of tries to hold on to his power. G Money, his brother, kind of starts to betray him. It's very, it's all very Scarface esque, which ironically enough, Scarface kind of plays throughout the entire movie <laughs> in different scenes. There's a subplot where Scotty Appleton is actually takes Chris Rock's Pookie character, who is a uh, crack addict himself, and tries to rehabilitate him and uses Pookie as an, a kind of undercover mole to try to stop Nino Brown. So the whole movie's about Scotty Appleton and Nick Peretti trying to stop Nino Brown and his drug empire. It's a pretty simple right. plot. Well, that's that's the that's the plot point. But this whole movie is really about the crack epidemic that was in the late 80s. Absolutely. Uh, yes. that, that took over the country. Um, this is also based on uh, a real life uh, gangsters, uh, the Chamber Brothers, who are Chambers Brothers, who were from Detroit. And they did the same thing. They took over a complex and each floor would sell a different drug. And then they would have, and basically people were either you can stay, but you're going to, anything's going to happen. We don't care. Yeah. Or you or you get out. And they just, they took it over and they like guarded it. Everything you saw in New Jack City was probably sim- similar to what you would happen with the Chambers Brothers. So, yeah. Did the ID cards with the squi- <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. But maybe, maybe, maybe too. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's just, 
because I'm watching New Jack City and there's stuff that's going on in this movie. Where I'm just like in broad daylight. Like I know it felt very much like the old West in terms of just like, we don't care. We're just going to shoot people in front of everybody. It did, yeah. And there was like, with the exception of Peretti and Appleton kind of like leading this task force, there were no other cops in existence uh, except in the beginning, obviously when he chased down Pookie. Um, so I just, right off the bat, I was like, wow, really? But then when I started reading about like what it was based on, and then I started thinking about what the movie's about it kind of took the edge away of me kind of critiquing in terms of what was happening on screen to like, cause, cause this is one of those movies where it's definitely pushed forward by the narrative in terms of the message of the social, you know, the social message of, of what right. happened. So you kind of have to understand about the other stuff. It's just, you know, it's, there's a lot of first time director stuff in this movie that I kind of had a problem with, but, but not so much where I'm like, turn this off. It was <laughs> more just kind of like, you know, the askew shots that they had, the different angles that just for random, just kind of like two shots, just random angles um, that kind of were off putting for me. But it also was just like first time director kind of thing, which, listen, I'm not a first time director, but I was doing that stuff in a first time director role. So I get that. Well, let me ask you this. Is Go this ahead. this opinion is before or after you talked to me the other day? This where you were like, eh, okay. This is after. Because so you've kind of warmed to it. Since I watched. The last time yeah, right. I try to. I, I like just to give you kind of an insight behind what happens <laughs> in Forgotten Cinema. Uh, and I watched this in one sitting. Uh, <laughs> nice. It's only an hour and a half. I would hope. So. <laughs> I had to watch uncut gems in two sittings, but yeah, that that was okay. Regardless, uh, yes. Uh, so I like to watch the movie first, get my viewing notes, and then, and it's usually too late for me to kind of start doing the facts, but mm -hmm. then do the facts either the next day or the day after, and then just sit down and kind of just like read up about it. And okay. So yes. So when I first saw it, and I talked to you, I was just like, whoa, because I I've seen this movie. I have seen this movie. Mm -hmm. I, I must not have watched it like, hey, let's watch New Jack City. I must have picked it up. Like, I must have watched 20 minutes here, half hour here, 15 minutes here, you know. And also, in 91, I'm 16. So mm -hmm. I didn't watch it when I was at 16. I was probably, like, a little older. Right. But it really wasn't a movie that I can relate to, obviously, because I'm not, you know. I'm, you got from Harlem? Exactly. Um, so it's not something that, like, speaks to me on that cultural level. I got that. But it, so when I look at it now as, an, as a filmmaker, I think there's a lot of things in there that I like. And I don't really I'm not going to hold anything that I don't like against it because it's it's counterproductive to what the movie's trying to do. Mm -hmm. So basically, I watch the movie first and then I write out my facts and I learn about it and just kind of like learn about what it went into it uh, and all that stuff. And then just kind of like that kind of forms whatever we talk about live or not live. Does recorded. that usually change your opinion like it did kind of this time? Uh, I think that that's a good question. I think. Like when we go into a movie that I really like, I don't know. I don't know. This is probably probably one of the first ones that I it wasn't really so much as a monumental shift. You know, I just there was so, there was some things I just I'd really still we'll talk about it. But you still have issues. With I really that. didn't know what was going on sometimes with the plot because it was just kind of like it felt like a lot was cut out. Maybe I can see that. So that so it really was like in that regard. And like I know people like would hail Chris Rock his portrayal as Pookie.
I don't know if it's because I have seen Chris Rock for 20 years perform comedy that when you go back and watch him as Pookie now, you're kind of like you think that he's just doing not doing a bit, but you you know what I mean? You have all those years of his of him doing comedies right. already inside your head that it's not like he's going back to doing something dramatic, okay. which I, which I'm really interested to see how Fargo is because not to bring that back up again, but because that's more of a dramatic role, I think. His new show coming up, the new show that he's in. Is it going to be a dramatic? Because there are there are more comedic well, it's, characters. It's in not. Fargo. It's, it's not like a straight comedy. It's more of like if it's there's comedic elements, but it's 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 a it's a crime movie. It's a crime right. show. So yeah, you're gonna have people are gonna die in that. Yeah, and, you know. So it's gonna be a little bit more serious. He may crack a joke here and there, but it's gonna be a little bit more serious. Well, that's why I was curious when he said he, when he came up with the idea and he really wanted to do Saw. He just came up with an idea and was like, uh, "Who do I talk to?" Yeah, and did it. So I, I think somewhere in there is a more dramatic kind of mind. Well, have Maybe you seen? Have you seen to top? Have you seen top five? I like top five. So, quite yeah, a bit, yeah. top five's got some dramatic elements. It does, in there, even though I love the DMX scene. I mean, he's kind of him, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you know, yeah, I, it's not. It's like I said. It's just when, when this came out, I was in my teens, so I really couldn't have a kind of mature appreciation for maybe his performance. Maybe that's right. a better way to say it. But let's get into the movie itself rather than just us sitting here pontificating <laughs> about stuff. Did you, when was the last time I was, I don't know why I always ask you this. When was the last time you, that should be like, well, we I, should have that like little f- tagline in the thing. Like, when was the last time Butler watched? Do, 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 and like that. <laughs> uh, so I clearly did not watch this in 1991. Because <laughs> you were not born yet? I was born in 91. I don't know your birthday. I don't know. I, don't <laughs> I would have been like, uh, Four, three or four? Uh, no excuse. We've got people bringing four-year-olds all the time. <laughs> He's not going to watch it. They do like Wesley Snipes quite a bit, but this is before he really took off, I think. They like Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man they and do. Passenger that, 57, off, yeah. always bet on black. I love Passenger 57. <laughs> <laughs> My parents actually hate Passenger Really? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if I watched it again, if I wouldn't like it, but like Passenger 57 was smack dab in the middle when Wesley Snipes was like hot and he was he was good. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. No, well, I, I always think Wesley Snipes is good. He's funny. I mean, I have an issue with his method acting, but we've gone over that before. So with him, with method acting in general. Oh, wait, oh no, I agree. Um, I agree. But yeah, I think Wesley Snipes is always very good. He's always very entertaining. Um, I think I watched this probably junior or senior year in high school. It was on um, Cinemax or HBO, mm-hmm. and I just saw how many people were in it. Yeah, and I was like, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll watch this. Yeah. Very I mean, indie, which is cool. Which I it is, which yeah. appreciate. I always like seeing a movie that's. You you know it's an indie, but it not that it gives me instant credibility to me. Not that I'm trying to be <laughs> nose in the air, but I just you know you 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 know that a lot of work is going into it behind the scenes. Like it's not as just like a director sitting in a chair, bring my latte, let's set the shot up. Yeah. You, you know that stuff is happening because I know the opening scene where Appleton's chasing Pookie was all improvised because there was supposed to be a car chase and they didn't have enough money. They ran out of money, ah, awesome. so they just they improvised the entire chase, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you know, he's firing at him in the middle of a bunch of kids, but whatever. He's a guy. I don't, I don't get where he jumps. That's my only issue with the chase scene. Well, like well, when they jump toward the train tracks, they don't show where they're landing. Well, again, that's I think that's I, I, first, I get time first time director. Yes, but I, I was like, so. yeah. when that happened, I was like, where are they jumping? Because then the shot goes to the train tracks. I'm like, so he's jumping on the train tracks. I think you were supposed to assume that he got hit by the train. Well, I think yeah, that's supposed to be yeah. like oh, Pookie gone, but right. then like Pookie's there. I was like, <laughs> hey, I, I don't Pook. Know. <laughs> well, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Were you before when you're talking about when you watched it? So I probably watched it. Yeah. yeah, when I was you know probably seventeen, eighteen, right on Cinemax or HBO. Um, it's got that early probably the fact that it's all the actors in it, the fact that it was that early '90s kind of hip hop kind of look to it, mm-hmm. which I always really liked, like early '90s stuff, like House Party and stuff like that. Right. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. 
that's like nostalgic to when I was really young and sure. stuff like that. So what I remember most about New Jack City, and one of the reasons I put it on this list was I remember it being an almost kind of like a Harlem fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Like it was a New York that wasn't real. Um, and it was a little less so this time. I think now that I'm older and a little more jaded and like well, you're also, crime is you, more rampant. And but like, you're also somebody who, you know, is more, not want to say socially con- conscious, but you you know, you know, you were young back then. Exactly. So, you, yeah, so you it's like yeah, you're that only, amount of crime. You only know what you're, is around you. Right. Right. Uh, Do you remember when Kangol hats were hot? Because <laughs> there were a lot of Kangol hats in this movie. I always wanted one. And then I was like, oh, I can't wear that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I just remember it being more like a like a really like semi unrealistic kind of portrayal of of the world, like not just because of hey the amount of crime, but just like the weirdness to it. But I mean, I still really like this movie now. I, I think there's some surrealism in the there movie. There is some surrealism. Yeah, it's I, definitely I, a little bit jacked up. But it's a movie, and that you're gonna get that in any movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I kind of like because it's not like a straight crime drama. It is really more stylized. It's got that hip hop kind of feel to it. Sure. I guess. Well, it starts off with, with the Queen Latifah song. So yeah. I'm already like, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, I didn't realize, and it's funny you know, when you see the poster for it and any kind of art for it. Judd Nelson's all over the place. Judd Nelson is probably in maybe 15 minutes total of this movie. Mm-hmm. He is not in this movie. And he he kind of comes into it more toward the end. But he's like, but yeah. it's almost like when I, I, I almost think like he's in it because he was a name and, you know, to give it, give it some cred, that kind of thing. But he's not. It's not. He's has no effect on the movie whatsoever. He's always yelling. And like when, when they're in the apartment and he shoots, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> and he shoots the gun at the, whatever the target. It's yeah. like, you are still in an apartment. And I, your, your officers, you just fired your weapon inside your apartment building. I, I didn't get that. I got the right paperwork for each of those bullets. that you. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the opening shot of the film. I'll tell you that. Well, like, it repeats at the end when they go back. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought that was really cool. Like at first, I was nervous because I, because you told me you didn't like the movie. So I was like, "Well, I didn't say I didn't like the movie. I just was like, it did, you were, I, you were I, like, my, very, my comment eh. to you was, I don't remember. I remember liking it more. I think that to, that was what I was, I was thinking. Okay, when I said, yeah. So I was like, oh man, did I make a mistake? I mean, I watched this movie when I was younger. Oh. So and then the movie began, and I was like, I like that opening shot. That sure. whole kind of. That's not, I yeah. mean, now you could do it with the drones. It's like, Ooh, that's, that's a helicopter shot. But yeah, that's a, I, I like the helicopter shot going over to the bridge and the guy's dangling over. That, Although, which you could tell he's he's tied up. I could see. The oh, rope. I couldn't see it. No, uh, it's right I between was, his legs. I was just I was sitting there wondering the shot that Mike's describing is that it's a long helicopter shot that goes past the Statue of Liberty, goes to the city, but ends up going to one of the bridges. I don't know which bridge it is. And it goes to these. Uh, it's um, it's it, who's holding it? Was it G money? No, no, no. It's, it's um the, uh, the Okay, yeah. One of the gangsters is holding another guy over the bridge. Oh no, it's both of them. He comes, a man he, and Wesley Snipes oh, comes out. Nino okay. comes out of the car and goes and says like, you know, you're effing me, that kind yeah. of stuff. And it's a whole shot where they go right to it, and there's no cut. And all I'm thinking is like, how are they setting that up? Where these guys are on the side of the bridge, they know the helicopter's coming. How are they getting the signal to like just okay start hanging them out? So I was that was a I was appreciative of just kind of like what went into that shot. Yeah. But again, they kill that guy in the in broad daylight. They drop him off a bridge. It's not like they're in Harlem when they're doing it. They're like in front of commuters. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, but it, it the law can't be that, you know. I think that kind of sets up that whole, like I was talking about before, and you were kind of saying it was like the, that fantasy feel. Sure. It. It's not quite the New York City that really existed, but it's 
it's it's heightened. It's a little bit more rampant with drugs to really hammer home that point. They make a point of saying at some point that he Nino Brown has a lot of cops on his payroll, that kind of thing. Do, yeah. So I know they throw that in there, and maybe that's what we're supposed to think. But it's just like I was like, that's in the middle of in the middle of the afternoon. Someone saw that. I also but, think it's interesting. They start Nino with a ton of power. He just gets more power. Well, I, they started off where he's been dealing cocaine, which yeah, I didn't, he, I didn't remember that part. Yeah, and that here talking about how hey, this stuff, which is crack, is gonna blow up, and that's kind of like how it. And he was talking about how he was take, he was getting his cocaine and his his drugs from the Italians, uh, right? And now he was gonna screw that. I'm gonna get my own supplier, and he's just basically controlling everything. And and you know that wasn't gonna go over well. Which I don't understand when the Italian, when the 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 mobsters or the mob or who are mafia, whoever it was it is, mm-hmm. go to visit him. At his club, I got we got you a gift, and they get him that like, uh, what is that thing? It's a uh, the light post. Uh, what is it? It basically they give him like something that's obviously racially motivated. Yeah, like what are you thinking? You're in you're in his club, and his people are surrounding you, and you're just gonna give him something, tell him to go f himself. I'm surprised they didn't shoot you right there. Like I didn't get that. I didn't get the idea of doing that in terms of on their side. Like what were they trying to do? I think the whole point was to motivate him to try to try to do something. So they wanted him to to have a gunfight in the middle of the of the club. Maybe a gun, not a gunfight, but maybe start a fight or go. Oh, I'm gonna get you. Threaten them, and then once they threaten them, the mob could be like, "All right, now." I'm gonna get you. Oh, okay. They were trying to, to, like, to, try, oh, to, right. to try to set him up. That like, makes sense. He wasn't doing enough then, but he wasn't playing ball. Right. So then have him go, try to try to come up against them, and then they can just slap him down. Right. Which didn't work so well for them. So the other <laughs> thing I wanted to bring up before we get into later in the movie. So we first meet G Money. Uh, he's taking bets. He's like gonna shoot a shot. He's shooting yeah. a basketball shot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's like he's shooting a 17 foot shot. I that's, even yeah. even I was like that that shot's easy to I mean, come that's on. That's not impressive. Why exactly? None of those guys who probably be, play basketball every day in the summertime can do that. Shame on everyone who's betting against them for making that shot. <laughs> and all the kids are watching, like, oh <laughs> it, it's a jump shot. <laughs> like some of those five or six year olds could probably have made that shot if they really tried. <laughs> I want to get into the filmmaking stuff because we talked about it a little bit. Okay. So he gets, I wanted to talk about Pookie. So he gets Pookie clean mm-hmm. and they, they spend about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes of Appleton watching Pookie go through rehab, talking to people, you know, that you actually have a Kelly Joe Minter in there from summer school. We talked about her in the last, mm-hmm. uh, one of the, our previous episodes. She's in there for like a cameo and you just kind of see Pookie like going through withdrawal and Appleton's there trying to get him clean, get him clean. And then you obviously see that they're former friendship and. You know, Pookie, uh, from that point, Pookie's going to go, let me go undercover and all that stuff. And then so they they spend a lot of time on that. And then as soon as he's in the distribution room where he's, he's handing the crack files out to people who are buying them, they're doing through that slot. Immediately, he's on crack. Immediately, he goes right back to it. It's not because it's because of the beach scene. I mean, and, and that's that's one of the things like uh, when Appleton's like, oh, man, I really messed up. You did mess up. You You made Pookie get back on crack. Yeah. Like Pookie was ready to do what he needed to do. He was already telling everybody, I will go into the I will go into the crack and I will get you the information, even though Detective Stone and Peretti were just like, oh, no, you, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. He's still like, no, I'm going to do it. And then Appleton gets in his face and starts yelling at him and shouting at him and poking him and really just making him nervous and destroys his nerves. And that's when he wants to get back on crack. It was that uh, scene at the beach that causes Pookie to want crack. And he's almost smokes a pipe, but then he puts it down. But I think being around that much crack and doing the but deed didn't, is, he, like, want, he wanted nerves. to get into that room anyways right but not to get the crack not to get the crack at first but then his nerves were broken uh, okay. appleton I, appleton broke him in that beach scene 
All right. I don't know. Maybe. Man, I, I guess I can. Uh... Which kind of pissed me off. Because I was like, Appleton's whole thing was like, he, he knew what he needed to do. He helped him get clean. And then now he's setting him off. I'm like, come on. Well, they portray Appleton and Peretti as cops that are on the edge. But they don't like. Right. But they don't really. That's all you get in terms of their background. You, you know what I mean? I they're, mean, you get a little bit of, of where they come from. But yeah. But, uh, but a, I mean, but apparently, like, you know, Peretti knows how to disarm bombs when he's pulling wires out of that, that bomb. I I imagine Freddy has done all different things as a as an officer that would almost get him killed. He's probably very Riggs like. Like they talk about the motorcycle <laughs> thing and and all that. Like he's a former crack addict himself or whatever. So he's he's a guy that's not too afraid to die. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And you get Appleton's history with his mom getting shot. Mm-hmm. Turns out to be Wesley Snipes. Just kind of like all right. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the movie. When he's on trial and they have a shot of the crowd and he, he see, and he has his, his new girlfriend because he kind of leaves his, well, I don't know if she's his wife, but she's his girlfriend or wife. Right. But she can't have kids or something like that. Yes. Is that, yeah. Okay. So he leaves her. Yeah. He wants so to make he, an empire. Scarface style. Right, right. So he's with his new girlfriend. But okay. So his new girlfriend's at the trial. Was she wearing an eye patch? Like, did you notice that she was, I, I didn't go back and I should have rewound it, but she looked like she had like an eye patch on, like she was, something happened. And it was only once. The only time you saw her, you never saw her again. Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice that. Okay, because I, I maybe I should have watched. Although she was there at the the wedding fight. I don't know how long after this trial. Th- takes this place, is at but... the end when he. Oh, gets... I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. So uh, I don't know if that's a wound from there, but I didn't notice the eye patch. Okay, because I noticed it, and that's what I'm. That's that just leads me to think that there's probably some footage on the cutting room floor kind of mm-hmm. thing. I think maybe that because a lot of times there's a lot of things that are just it's happening. It's from scene to scene to scene. There's no. Not build up, but there's really no transition like that eases me into the next scene kind of thing. Yeah. It's just kind of like it I comes think, at you. I think they cut out a lot in the factory fight. Okay. Because Snipes just gets out, even though they still have the whole place covered. You get him killing two people and then he just gets out. Right. So I think there's probably more to that. There's probably more to him hiding out in that apartment he's hiding out in. Right. So I, I think there's a, a, a decent amount. I also thought the funeral scene, I actually wrote a note because Peretti goes, remember how at Pookie's funeral you asked me why I was there and asked me... um why I was there if I didn't care. And I was thinking, no, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> like the funeral just kind of, it was the very end of the funeral. And then you guys walked away. Oh, it, I, so, I have a note here that they toss a rose on the casket. It just falls off. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have 15 minutes to be here. We didn't get permission. We got to get out of this. Right That's fine. It works. <laughs> walk, walk, walk. Also the people's uh, stone with the baby on the beach was weird. Yeah. Let's show him as a family man. Yeah, he really okay. <laughs> Why are you taking your baby on? You're you're undercover. <laughs> how about how about when the uh, the Italians or the the mob they go off and they threaten him and then the next and then like they don't go into hiding like they're obviously in type of some type of war mode right but they don't go into hiding they go chill out in front of their like Soprano style sit in front of the <laughs> in their nineteen thirties suits with yeah. the hats and everything. But did you espresso. notice? Did you notice the dude? shaking as he was getting shot but he had not gotten hit yet like the squibs didn't oh, go no. off so there's one dude so they're spraying the people and obviously everyone's like oh they're shaking and they're getting hit but there's one guy that's already shaking and none of his squibs have gone off and he's like he's just he's just like doing this i'm just like uh you didn't get hit nice it's like towards the end of the line so you know check that out <laughs> we'll see something we'll see something funny there's nothing funny about it. but what am i like i i do really like this movie but one of my Main issues with the film is that it's almost a few films in one. Uh, the Pookie story seems like its own whole story. The, the Nino Brown story is its own whole thing. The trial is almost a little mini movie added to the end. Like it's an episode of SVU. Uh, uh, 
but I, I don't think they do a great job at merging all those stories together. Okay. Almost. They almost seem like, all right, now we're doing, you, you pepper a little bit of Nino Brown in, but right now we're doing Pookie's story. Okay, now we're doing Nino Brown's story for real. Now we're doing Appleton's end, end story. Well, I really don't think you need to, you probably don't need the trial stuff. You don't need him getting off and then him being killed by, I, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this guy from Star Trek, him being killed by the I, old... I was getting there. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but go ahead then. He's killed by the guy at the end. Who's from? Who's Bill Cobbs. He is from Star Trek. I believe he is Benjamin Sisko's father. Good job. From Deep Space Nine. That is, not, that is your Star Trek note from Mike Butler. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brown, did you try to take that out? Did you sell off CMB? Mr. Brown, are you pleased with the outcome? Absolutely. I think the American justice system is the greatest in the world. I'm proud to be an American. Hi, Mom. Hi, Doctor. Your soul is required in here. But yeah, no, I don't think you need that stuff. You could probably, but again, it's maybe how long is the script? The, maybe the script was like 130 pages because this movie's only 97 minutes. So right. there might be a lot of stuff that we, and this is, we've, we've had this discussion on multiple movies, what we've done, where it feels like it's a bigger movie than what it was, what we, the final Exactly. It's was, definitely yeah. got stuff cut out of it. And I think that's like, I was going to watch this movie in two parts, but I just got so into it. I watched the whole thing. Right. Now this movie came out six months before Boys in the Hood. It came up. Before. Okay. Yeah. Do you? I like Boys in the Hood better. I like New Jack oh, City better. Really? I've, I I really like New Jack City. I like Boys in the Hood is very good. Yeah. But it's a little more dramatic. And again, like you said, it, it's hard to find a point of reference for some of these films because you I can't. You. It's just not a life you've lived. But, but see that. But but see that. To me, like the 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 storytelling aspect of Boys in the Hood, I not re, I related to more in mm -hmm. terms of like the story was being told to me, and I was. I understood it. You know what I mean? Like I, it was, it's kind of like somebody who can tell a good story and somebody who can't tell a good story. I got you. That's what I'm saying. I'm you, surprised that you like this better than Boys I, in the I Hood. like Boys in the Hood uh, quite a bit. I just think New Jack City because I think that whole crime drama, like a little bit is skewed from the, from the real world. I think I tend to gravitate more toward that. Sure. Uh, so that's what I really like. I mean, I grew up my first, Crime things and, and the, I would have watched all like Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, stuff like that, where it's like the real world is skewed. I got you. So I think that's I like New Jack City, like trying to teach me a lesson, trying to tell me a story, trying to have a theme, but in a more entertaining way. Whereas Poison Head, it's it's just it's sad, it's dramatic. <laughs> it's not like it's Aww. just kind of like it, New New Jack City. At least is like a little hyped up version of of reality. Sure. And I think that's why I gravitate more toward that. And I think I think I saw New Jack City before Boys in the Hood. Well, you would have if. Oh, well, yeah, no, duh, sorry. <laughs> so I think that's why I gravitate more toward New Jack City. New Jack City also was was released. Uh, I guess I said March eighth, but five days before this movie was released, that was when Rodney King was beaten by those LAPD officers. Uh, so it when it came out, it started. People were blaming the movie for inciting violence. So that some, sometimes this movie was pulled, which is Ice-T came out and said this. It was bullshit. And uh, obviously it's ridiculous. Yes, it I, I am not. It, movies and TV and video games, they do not incite anything. It's, no. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, that's ridiculous. It's just, that's just pointing fingers because you don't want to point at yourself kind of thing. It's almost like movie comes out. 
and then the Rodney King beatings happen, and then you have, I mean, that whole thing went on the whole year because the verdict and all that stuff, and then you have Boys in the Hood, and you have all these movies that come out that kind of like are reflecting that life, and, and, and what, what you know, so I think, I, I don't want to say like it came out at the right time. I think it did come out in terms of just being socially conscious and putting it in people's head minds that like someone like you or me or people who do not experience this life, you know, can understand what's going on, especially with the crack epidemic. Yes. It's like almost like a movie for the times. It's, it came out in 91, but this is start. It takes place in 86 and then 86 and then 89. So it's of the times. They're going to remake this. They're going to reboot this movie. They're the. Malcolm Mays from Snowfall is supposed to be doing this. They announced a reboot a couple months ago. Oh, did they? Right. And I just don't understand that because it's different when a movie comes out during that time or maybe a couple years after. Right. Then when a movie comes out 20 years, 30 years later, because it's more of a nostalgia. You could you could fall into the trap of being nostalgic. Is the movie supposed to take place back in the 80s and 90s? To be fair, I don't know if it's a movie or a TV show. But I think if if you're redoing New Jack City, you you can't. It's and it's about the crack epidemic. You right. really can't. What are you gonna do with that now? The opioid the opioid epidemic. Opioids or heroin? Yeah, but opioids are more. That's cross cultural. That's all over. That's like in suburbia. That's everywhere. That's what you could add more characters, especially just, if you do it as a TV show. Because I actually have a note that this would make a good TV show, where Nino Brown is your overarching villain, and you have sure. moments where you can focus on him and his crime empire and the cops trying to stop him, almost like a wire type situation. Yeah, but see the but wire more, but more this, heightened the wire. The wire is awesome. I love the wire. I got you. Yeah. But 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 again, the wire was of the times. You we know still what I mean? have there's still just, a lot of epidemics going around. I mean, if you watch documentaries on National Geographic where they go undercover to these and they somehow get access to these drug kingpins sure. and they talk to them obviously with the masks on and stuff. Right. And they they have whole suburbs where they're giving money out, just like just like uh Nino does, giving money to kids, having an ice cream cart go down. But it's really drugs and mm-hmm. the kids are taking them and the kids are selling them that. That stuff still happens all the time. I, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying you're going to, re- but see, you're rebooting an already popular movie. And you, so you're going to have somebody else play Pookie when Chris, it's, it's almost like Chris Rock's, t- you know, role. You can have a Pookie like oh, character. I just, I just, I don't know. I think the characters you need if you rebooted it would be you need, obviously, your Nino Brown. You probably need your G Money. Sure. You need your Appleton. You're Peretti. You need the main. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, all you need. And then change it up other than that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it don't do it. Yeah. I, I, my hesitation is that I don't think it would be as successful as this one was in terms of not just money success and critical, but critical claim, but also, you know, just in the social consciousness. I think, you know what I mean? I think you'd have to work some stuff around. Sure. But like one of the things I noticed is rewatching New Jack City, how much some parts of the uh, Luke Cage show kind of took from New Jack City. Cottonmouth's character, for mm-hmm. instance, and his, his nightclub are absolutely the uh, the club from from this film. And Nino Brown and Cottonmouth are very similar when they're in the club and how he's talking to his group and how he talks on the table. Sure. So, I mean, I think some we, of that, we, and that really right. works. Cottonmouth's we, the best part of Luke Cage. We both say that. That's yeah. the worst thing they did was got rid of, get rid of Cottonmouth. Oh, yeah, and Luke, Cage. So, Luke Cage's stupid brother. Yeah, yeah. Worst. Dumb. Was that was best. not good. That was not good. I watched it for Cottonmouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an awesome actor. Exactly. Mahershala. Yeah, yeah Mahershala played Nino. Although he's got to be played, so he was he going to replace? Do, do all Wesley Snipes old roles? No, I'm okay. With no, uh, Mahershala is awesome. Uh, he's awesome in True Detective. You need to watch that. I season. do need to watch his uh, True Detective. Oh, he's fantastic! Him and Stephen Dorff together in that as the partners are fantastic. God, you know, Stephen Dorff's great in Blade. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, that's another appreciation I had for this movie and for Luke Cage was the fact that they were shot in New York city and it was shot on location. Yes. Like, and that's like, you can't fake that. And like you, like, listen for all, I like 
you know, watching movies that you, you kind of tell like, oh, it's a studio set and I get that. And that, and for that, it works. Like I just was watching the Hudsucker Proxy mm-hmm. and it's clear that they're shooting on a soundstage or, or wherever they are. And that and that for that, that looks great. That That's a certain style for something like this. When like Luke Cage, when it's in the city, it's like you can't fake that. And that's awesome. Well, that's what I love about all the Netflix Marvel shows were that they were all in the, in city. the city. Yeah, that's the thing I love about you'll never beat that with Sam Raimi Spider-Man, the original. Yes. They're in New York City and and being, you know, an hour away from New York City, the two of us, we've been there. I hate when they show New York well, City. Well, actually, I'm Some sorry. Some Spider-Man's filmed in the just, original, the amazing, mm, or not the amazing, Sam nah, Raimi's? No, no. The outside stuff, yeah, but. Well, yeah, the outside stuff, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Hang on, hang on. I got to look something up. I'm just going to hang on then. Okay. So, no. They shot entirely in L.A., only two weeks in the city. So, uh, which made me think the outside stuff. Yeah. But everything inside was LA. I'm fine with that. But the outside stuff's New York. Yeah, even I have a problem with that, though. You're really? in the city, shoot in the city. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, but that's, I think that's more of like indie for me. You know what I mean? I think, like, yeah, I think that's just like yeah. the, the cred. The right. credibility. Would, yeah. I mean, you just like the street cred. Why would you want, film in the I mean, city. like the whole idea of making a movie, it's exci- It's it's chaotic. Mm-hmm. I once described it I, when we were on stage, we were introducing, I think, Save the Forest or something. And it's like, it's a chaotic mess, but I love it. You know, you, right. you love because it's all about one thing. But like, I think that that's part of the excitement of being on location, getting the shots you need to get, you know, where you want to go. I mean, it's, it's, you get, you can get lazy when you, but I, but I understand the idea of like, if you have a family and you want to stay local and you want to stay right. in LA, I, I get all that. But I, I think there's more of, there's more of an excitement when you're on location. So if you're going to shoot in the city, shoot in the city, you know, but, but that's fine. I just, I, just I don't like, mean to burst your Spider-Man yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't care that the inside shots weren't. I got you. New York City. I, I, I like that the that. I like that the outside shots are are New York because, like, I hate like again. I'm gonna bring up another Marvel film. Is the Hulk is the worst defender when they're when they're fighting in New York City at the end with Abomination, and it's clearly like oh, Toronto. It's Toronto. It is Toronto. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, I know. It's supposed to be Harlem, but they're exactly. in Toronto. The I got Apollo you. theaters right there, but that's not the Apollo. Theater. Yeah, I know. I know. Give me a break. Uh, so I, I do like that New Jack City. It's like that's the city. The same with Boys in the Hood. It's like that's that's LA. That's kind of LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. They're all. It's all. It's all today. It's all together. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's like I like when the location looks like the location. I think you've seen enough New York City where you can tell even people that aren't from. Here. But there's just a feel to it. Yeah. You know, there's just a grittiness to to even like watching old Scorsese movies. You know, there's a grittiness to the city that you can't fake. Right. Because he he actually shoots a lot of his indoor shots are like those apartment buildings. Yeah. So that staircase. Yeah. Which you shows the age of. A city that's been around for a couple hundred years. Absolutely. I think that not shooting in the city is fine, mm-hmm. but shooting in the city can only help. It can't hurt. Right. You know what I mean? So absolutely. What, anything else you uh, want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to shoot down? I'm just kidding. Who would you recommend this movie to? Filmmakers? Like young filmmakers looking to do an indie kind of thing? I mean, you can look. I mean, I thought for an indie film, for the first time. Like how to do it kind of thing? People did a really good job, sure. I think. Um, there are a couple of shots, like you said, that don't make a lot of sense. Like the... They're not establishing where they're jumping down from the train tracks. Mm-hmm. I thought kind of breaks the chase down a little bit too much for me. Like yeah. it, it stopped the intensity. Mm-hmm. The camera scene with Pookie, I did not think that was well done at all. When he's got the belt camera. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's got no the wire just match. up the yeah, yeah. This should be like a TCM classic movie. You know what I mean? How we do the TCM classics all the time every oh, month. Absolutely. They, like this should be out. This should be out there. This is one of those movies where 
all people now, all young people now, like 20s and 18, 19, 20, they're seeing movies. They're all seeing stuff that's great and polished. And they're all seeing stuff in the theaters like, oh, it's great. You know, and but yet they all still clamor for original content. They all still clamor for something real. It's like, well, then watch this. Yep. You know what I mean? Then watch then because this type of movie should be made now in terms of the style, in terms of the indie nature of it. That, you know, give $10 million to the up and coming, you know, director that's got something he wants to do and let him go make something or her go make something. Right. That's, that's, it's an indie, but it's original. Yes. Like that, I would say that. So we've been talking about this movie, but we haven't talked about why we think, why we picked it for Forgotten Cinema. And that, I think All what right. I'm saying might be part of that, but go ahead. I think, well, the reason I picked it was because I, I remember really enjoying it and movies like this aren't, it's like you said, it's original. Mm -hmm. It's not quite a straight up drama like Boys in the Hood mm -hmm. or like a Law and Order episode where it's like, this is true crime. Like I know at the end they go, this is, there are Nino Browns everywhere. Right. This, this movie's a fantasy. It is more of a fantasy. It's not quite Lethal Weapon or Die Hard. It's not a straight up action thriller blowing up buildings and stuff like, although they blew up. <laughs> but it's also not so dramatic where you're just like, oh, this is real life. Let me get like, all right, now I got to really, like, it's just, it's a socially conscious movie that has a message, a strong message, but still tells an entertaining story with entertaining characters that are a little heightened. And I think that's what really, like, I've already talked about this already. That's why I think maybe it's also forgotten. I think nowadays people want that fully dramatic movie or they want, basically near superhero kind of cops in their action movie. Well, they're, they're used to that. This I, is, I yeah, agree this with is you. Such an in between and these type of movies aren't made. And, and let's like, if this movie was made now, it'd be a mid budget movie probably. Oh, it Which, would not be as, as raw as it is. About, yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't make those kind of movies. No, absolutely not. No, you, you have people want to make this movie on us and then they'll buy it from you. That kind of thing. Yep. Uh, I think part of the reason we've talked about a couple different aspects, but, one of the reasons why I think it's forgotten as well is because it's of the times, as I talked about before. It's a movie that's rooted in a, the the style of it. The filmmaking style of it is a movie that's definitely reminiscent of early, early nineties, late eighties, yeah. and probably people aren't, you know, yeah, 18, gravitating 19, towards that. Year olds, right. When they hear the early nineties hip hop, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, they're going to be like, right. oh come on. And it's it's different when you have a movie like just for the sake of argument, you have a movie like Back to the Future because Back to the Future goes back to the fifties, and that's almost like timeless because you 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 know it's the fifties and it's set up and all, all the set dressings and stuff like right. that. So that's more of a timeless feel. Like any of the Indiana Jones movies, they're timeless because they're of a different time period. Like you talk about it being a period piece and stuff yes. like that. This movie is not that. This movie is in that time because it was made during that time. And so now when you look back at it, you're like, oh, that that looks different than what I'm used to now. And it's just an old movie. Right. I think this movie is a movie that young people that want to make film, that want to tell, that are, are into independent cinema, that mm -hmm. want to tell stories personal to them. Uh, that are first time directors. Uh, this is the type of movie that you should watch just to kind of get an idea of, you know, maybe, maybe even if this is not something you're, you're experienced with in terms of on your cultural setting, like you see other cultures, you know, making films about other parts of society. That right. kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's an important movie for people that are coming up to watch and to understand and to see how it was done. Um, good or bad, whether you like it or not, it's still something that you should catch out. You should watch, but I don't think this is, this movie is not off the top of you know, the first thing that's out of their mouth. We're like, Hey, what should I watch? What type of movie should I watch? What'd you grow up with? Like, you know what I mean? Like this right, is not yeah. movies, which is unfortunate, but I think that's probably also why it's forgotten. So I think Absolutely. We, yeah, I think we've made a case. Someone once <laughs> asked me, like when I say what movie we're doing, like, well, that's not forgotten. I go, trust me, we, we can make it forgotten. 
No, it's because you talk to your film buddies who are like, oh, I know that movie. Those douches. You know, <laughs> go around all the, all the, when we go to the theater today, we'll talk around all the staff members, all the, oh, all, all the 16 no, to 24 year olds. How many people, give a percentage, how many people would not know this movie? Out of our managers, oh, wow. only half our managers would know what this movie is. And out of our staff, maybe four staff members would know. Say, so I would say maybe 30%. Of the staff would know. Oh, you're giving them a benefit. You're giving them. You think less than that? I think way less than thirty percent of the staff. Depends I can think on. of depends on who's on. Four staff members who know what it is. I bet you. I sit there. Go, you ever heard of New Jack City? I bet you people are like, oh yeah, you ever seen it? If we talked to some of our veteran ushers, they probably never saw it, but they don't know what it is or worked it. Yeah, I don't that's count true. them because they worked it. So you're talking about no, no one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. And then maybe I can think of one staff member who's seen it mm-hmm. because they're a film major. Yeah. They probably didn't like it because they're douches. They probably, I, I would be surprised <laughs> if they haven't, have, if you can see yeah. it. They probably know it, but they haven't seen it. Right. All right. I got you. All right. Cool. I'm done. I, uh, <laughs> I have one more note. Ooh, go. There's is a lot a, of flavor flavor in this movie. What's wrong with that? I, I don't. Although nothing. he's, he's now, got that baby bottle of Kool Aid, which kind of bothered me. <laughs> he's now, uh, he's on like hip hop New York or love and hip hop in New York. They've got he's like in a, love and hip hop. I don't know. He's still does stuff. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> he's on. Uh, it, there's a show where it's about like uh, famous uh, rappers and hip hop performers, but they're their their kids. Mm-hmm. He's in that. <sighs> it's like no, go. Uh, you shouldn't be in this. He's burned out in the nineties. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. But that's you know nothing wrong with that. But I think they're also part. Of, there's some associate like Fat Five Freddy was an associate producer. Uh, like so, there's there's a lot of people behind it. That I, are I in get, that world, I, I so, yeah, that, yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's just kind it's of. It's also like, the only club I've ever seen where the bar is in front of the stage. Well, you haven't been to a lot of clubs, then. <laughs> I thought that was a little odd. <laughs> I, would, I would not be able to hear any orders given to me. Can I get a? You're gonna get this drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I only make one drink, and that's what you're getting. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, that's New Jack City. Take a look. Take a listen. Take a watch. Take a something. I don't know. Take some crack. <laughs> no, oh wait no that. no crack crack's bad don't that's do what I that that's, that's what I not cool uh yeah so i guess we're done well, this, that's that's a wrap on season three we will, we will see you next week for the beginning of season four what are we doing mike because i because you don't know and i just looked it up <laughs> <laughs> uh we're doing a movie that i recommended uh the ricky gervais vehicle ghost town oh yes this is one of the originals put on this the was. list this is a this has one of this has one of my favorite uh final lines in a movie it's uh, written and directed by David Kep, so I think that uh, I think you'll like it. But if, if you, you like don't, Kep. if you don't like it, well, you can go spit. I think if I don't like it, I'll make for a more interesting episode. So I'm gonna <laughs> put my I'm gonna put my hate hat on. So that's <laughs> next week. We'll be doing Ghost Town. Uh, as always, please uh, feel free to check us out uh, wherever you're listening to rate and review us. Uh, you know, shoot us some suggestions. We'll take them at ForgottenCinemaPod at gmail.com. We're also have a, we also have a contact form on our website, ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Uh, you can also get a link there. I have not done yet to check out the merchandise that yeah. we started selling. Mr. Butler was working hard on that all for the last month and a half. Buy stuff, please. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of a work in progress. We're doing it, but we're always looking to make it a little bit easier to purchase and to get it to you quicker. So that's a uh, bear with us on that. We're 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 dealing with that. It is not quick. Right we're now. a podcast people. We're not merch people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but please feel free to uh, please no feel free. Please share with uh, everyone uh, about us. We're trying to get the word out about who we are, and especially for the upcoming year, we're obviously obviously in twenty twenty. Oh, we've got some ideas planned, so we want to want to get those rolling, if you will. Right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So again, thanks for listening, guys. I am Mike Field, and I'm Mike Butler, and this has been Forgotten Cinema.
I, my brother's keeper. Uh, are we new? No. Are we, <laughs> we're, we're New Jack podcasters for New Jack cops, for New Jack gangsters. Well, we should just call ourselves New Jack podcasters. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Cash Money Podcast. <laughs>